we need to do more to talk about the economic impact, the resilience of the community, as well as do more to support Hispanics and Latinos to have the tools so that they can grow and thrive. Welcome to the Women on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Sam Saperstein. In this episode, I'm speaking with Silvana Montenegro, who was recently recognized by Latino leaders as one of the top 100 Latinas in the U.S. She's also my colleague and head of advancing Hispanics and Latinos at J.P. Morgan Chase. Silvana shared her journey from Brazil to New York, her current focus on the Hispanic and Latino community, and the key pieces of advice that contributed to her success. Silvana has been a dear colleague for years, and I'm excited to share this conversation with you. Silvana, thank you for joining us on the Women on the Move podcast. It's great to have you literally right here with me as we are sitting in the same room doing this. Thank you for having me, Sam. A pleasure. So we've been colleagues for a long time, so I know about your background, but our listeners do not. So I would love to have you describe your background at JPMorgan Chase and all the things you've done here over many years. Absolutely. So I'm actually Brazilian. I was born and raised there, and I've always dreamed about an international career. From, you know, the influence that I had from my father who wanted us to see the world and learn a lot about history. And my grandma, who was actually a social activist, who would bring me to all these unserved communities so we could see in action how much opportunity we have to lean in. I don't think it was an accident that I ended up at J.P. Morgan Chase. And what was funny about it was I was walking in my university one day and then I see this ad Chase internship in human resources. All I read was Chase. I had no idea what human resources was, <laughs> and I have no idea how they hired me. If it was these days, they would not hire somebody who doesn't even know about the group. But, you know, fast forward, I mean, I started as an intern 25 years ago. Here I am. I've been in the U.S. for the past 21 years. I love what I do. I spent 17 years supporting the Latin America region in a number of roles. And prior to having this amazing role that I have now, I spent six years in in global roles. So that gave me a very interesting perspective. Mm, I love that. How has HR become a passion for you and something that you've wanted to pursue for so long? The moment I joined and I realized it was all about lifting people up, I think I immediately connected. Mm. And because of my family background, I have always been very curious. I'm actually, I went to university to study psychology. So the way I learn and I relate to the world is by learning about people's stories. Mm. Over the years, it gave me an appreciation of how can I be most impactful to lift people up? And, you know, I was fortunate that I had the chance to have that experience across a number of countries. Mm. So is there a time you can remember your grandmother taking you out on any social activism causes since she was so important to you? Can you tell us about that? She did a lot of work with children in underserved communities. And she called my brother, my sister and I, and she said, look, today I want you to meet some very special people. We went to this co-op and there were probably 40, 50 kids. It felt like a million to us running after the car and saying, Chia Norma, Chia Norma. And my brother, sister, and I would look at us. We are the grandkids, you know. But then we saw that as she left the car, 
hugged all the kids and they were telling her stories, we realized that probably the biggest impact was the love and the lifting up and, you know, giving those kids the confidence mm. that they, they could have, you know, a bright future. Oh, I love that. That is so special. So what was the job that brought you to the U.S.? And when that job was offered to you, did you know you wanted to take it right away? Did you have to think about it? What was the thought process there? For a couple of years, I was the annoying intern saying, when are you sending me to New York? When are you sending me to New York? And then I'll never forget, I had joined the firm for four years and my boss's boss and my boss called me into his office and they said, Silvana, stop annoying us. You're going to New York. So a month later, I was here working at the time with the head of talent and diversity for Latin America and I had to figure it out. So it's been the best thing that happened in my life. That's great. So you were ready, even though maybe not exactly ready or expecting it then, which I think is a great reminder to people to keep asking for those things and put yourself front and center and be that annoying person because you will get what you want, most likely. Yeah. And and I think people, when they do not overthink, mm. I had to figure it out. If I have overthought about all the things that could mm. go wrong, I wouldn't be here today. Mm. Persist and you make a brighter future for yourself and others. So you made it here, which is something you wanted for a very long time. Tell us about the challenges, anything that struck you as being unusual or anything you weren't expecting when you made the transition to the U.S.? I thought it would be much easier because I was an exchange student in the past. I thought I, I was super plugged in with the culture. And when I got here, I realized that one, I was a foreigner that I had to learn about others and I had to find a way to connect. I quickly got a label of minority and Hispanic. And I was very confused because I'm not a minority. What is that label? And I was so desperately trying to fit in that I felt like I wasn't breathing for two years, even though I was working hard and doing a good job. And this senior leader, and I'll always remember her because she changed my life. She pulled me aside one day and she said, Silvana, you're very different. You bring a very different style, but you're so effective. Mm -hmm. And that clicked. And I thought, you know what? My differences are what makes me unique and what makes me able to contribute, mm -hmm. not the other way around. And that is something that I always think about when I talk to other women, other Latinos, other people from other communities. We need to embrace our differences. When you were working in South America and in other parts of the world, what did you learn from those regions that you thought was helpful to bring in to the U.S.? I learned that cultural nuances are extremely important. Mm -hmm. I felt like I understood much more than I did. So I think it gave me a sense of humility where I actually go and I ask people about their experience so not only we can connect with them, but we can also, as we're thinking about supporting the business, we can take that different angle into account, which is so important. So now we both work in our diversity, equity, and inclusion group, 
and you run our Advancing Hispanics and Latino team. And I would like to call them a sister team or a cousin team to Women on the Move because we do so much work together and we approach things in very similar ways in terms of our strategies and our goals. Tell us about your specific mission. The way I summarize it, it's really around creating access and opportunities for the Hispanic and Latino community, but not by doing that alone, right? Because one, our communities include many other communities. But there are a lot of things that we can do together, right? So being intersectional and all. But I think as I look at, you know, where, where we are with the Hispanic community today, I think we're probably better known for some of the barriers that we face and continue to face, as well as the culture, right? It's a very lively culture. But when I took this role a year ago, what I realized was we need to do more to talk about the economic impact, the resilience of the community, as well as do more to support Hispanics and Latinos to have the tools so that they can grow and thrive. Mm. So I think the journey ahead is a super important one, but I, I, I think it really starts with, you know, portraying a more holistic narrative of the community. Tell us about how you think about those sub-communities and where the differences are, you know, particularly as you work around the world. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned from your own experience, when you came to the U.S., you felt like a minority, but that's not true in Latin America, South America. So how do you think about those different communities and how they break down in terms of their needs? As I think about the, the different communities, one, I think there's a lot of commonality in terms of need. There's a lot of commonality in terms of cultural nuances. But I think as we go to the communities, we need to be very mindful of how we show up. So, for instance, we just opened our first predominantly Latino community center in Little Havana in Miami. Mm. That is a place where there is a very high concentration of Cubans. Mm -hmm. So we need to be mindful of one, as we are doing that community center, bringing in folks from the community who can relate. And I think at the end of the day, Sam, it's really about the little things. And reflecting that culture back. Yes. So Miami is a key city for you. Where else in the U.S. do you focus your time? Where are those bigger populations of Hispanic and Latinos that we want to really focus on? Los Angeles is a very important one. And I would say when I think about Los Angeles and Miami and, and contrasting the two, Los Angeles, I think it's the market that we can probably do more. Mm. Miami, there is a lot of activity happening, and I think Miami is a good example of leveraging some of the successes and doing more, mm -hmm. but also we need to invest more in that community. Texas is another opportunity, so Houston is another priority city because of the concentration of Hispanics. The last but not least, you know, New York. New York has a, a huge Hispanic community and a lot of intersectionality, so that's where we're starting. But obviously, you know, we, we will grow over time. Yeah. And then tell us from around the world, what other regional, country-wise, or you know, just general regions you also focus on? Yeah. So I think we're starting with Latin America for obvious reasons. And I think I'm learning more about the Asian and the EMEA experience of Latinos who are there. Mm -hmm. As we think about Latin America, I think there are two big opportunities. One is talent mobility. I think that having the regional experience is great. And then having the U.S. experience and vice versa, I think we only make our business better. So mm -hmm. we need to do more for mobility. And the second opportunity from a business standpoint is 
they are here and they're usually working to support their families in the countries. Mm -hmm. So how can we promote more financial health education, not on the U.S. side only, but also in the mm -hmm. Mexican side? Mm -hmm. As we're developing new products, how can we think about cross-border products so that we can support the needs? So I think that's something we're exploring right now, and it is a very important opportunity. That is so critical. So if you think about those folks who are coming in to support their families back home, what do you think they need and where do you think we can help them or their families back home? And what are your early thinkings around how to become effective with the whole family? From the U.S. side, I think it's doing more to demonstrate to the community that we're the bank for Hispanics. And it's, it's the little things, right? It's walking into a branch and saying, bienvenido. It is our community centers that we are developing, you know, across the country in the communities where they're at so they don't feel intimidated or, you know, too far from a branch, for instance, right? Mm -hmm. So being the community, partnering with organizations that have trust in the community so that they can see and feel that we're there for them. That's one of the key priorities. Mm -hmm. And do you think we need different products right now for this community? Or do we need to, as you mentioned, service people differently, speak the languages, uh, make it more of a cultural approach versus a product approach? I think it's probably both. And one product that really comes to mind is digital account opening. When we think about the Spanish language, that is an important one because Latinos are very digital mm. and that's how they engage. They're always on their mobile phones. And, and the other one is they tend to go to untraditional financial places to actually send money to their families. And the fees that they are paying are very high, yeah. right? So how can we help them send money to their families and do that banking uh, seamless and, and not as expensive? Yeah. So we're going to be doing some work together this year on entrepreneurship and taking 20 women with a particular focus on Latinas through a entrepreneurship cohort with our partners at Techstars. And we can't wait for this. So it's going to be Miami focused. What do you think women entrepreneurs need from your communities? Where should we be focusing our time when we go through programs like this? Number one, we're super excited yes. about this partnership. And I know in, you and your team have done so much since Women on the Move was built. So it is great for us, one, to learn and partner from your team. Latinas are very entrepreneurial. We need to make sure that they have the tools and resources to grow, to get the capital they need, and to even, you know, support the broader economy of the country. And when you think of the areas where we can help women particularly, like where should we be doubling down on? Should we talk about the networks that they need to build or really help businesses that are credit worthy, get loans that that would help them expand their business? Where do you think we really should focus our time? I think one is, is really building the trust that we're there to help them. Mm -hmm. And I love Techstars because through our partnership, that makes it very meaningful. The other piece is, you know, the basic financial education, like, you know, mm -hmm. how do you manage your supply chain? How do you do your budgeting? How do you present, you know, yourself in terms of, of, of getting access to capital? And what are the sources where you can do that? Yeah. And then I think, you know, we need to help connect them with where they actually can get access to, to loans. But I think it, the, the first big hurdle is, you know, 
losing that fear. Mm-hmm. And knowing you can and should be growing yes. your business in certain ways with certain tools. You've also talked about just changing the narrative in general about the community. Tell us what you mean by that. You know, what narrative do we currently have in our society and where do, would you like us to go? Yeah. When we see Latinos on TV, they're not presented in the most positive ones, mm. right? I want to see more movies and more TV shows that actually portray the families as they are, right? The Latinos are from the most affluent to those who actually face, you know, significant barriers. So we need to do more as it relates to that. And I think it applies to, to our firm as well, right? If we are seen as not really, you know, wanting more or using our voice to continue to grow and showing our talents, we're not going to really move the needle. So I think the piece of the story that is really missing is the impact. That potential, it needs to be brought up to light. And I think that's less known. I think that's the real opportunity. And so you mentioned that percentage of the total population, but we see very few Latinos and Latinas in executive roles, you know, sub 5%. What do you think needs to happen in companies like ours for people to develop this community, you know, give everybody a fair shot and make sure we are getting more people representative of the population into these senior level roles? We've been very intentional around building partnerships with Hispanic-serving institutions, mm-hmm. student organizations, so we build, you know, the bottom of the pyramid. But then, as we think about who we have today at the table, it's our talent management approach. Are we providing enough visibility to our senior Latinos so they can grow in terms of being closer to, you know, decision makers. Mm. We have very senior Latinos that are covering Latin America. Can they have a global role in the U.S. or in EMEA or in Asia? That changes the breakdown of the decision makers. So you mentioned before that this demographic skews younger. And so as we have more Hispanic and Latino students coming out of schools, what can we do for them? Where's the opportunity to help them and to make sure that they go on to great careers? One of the ways that we're doing that is providing them with the tools and the exposure and experience in our firm early on. The corporate environment at first can be really uncomfortable. And we had this year the first cohort of Hispanic fellows. Mm. And that's a program where we have a six-week paid fellowship where they get to spend three weeks learning about the business, and then they have a hands-on experience in the business. Given that we, we are a bank and we have the expertise on financial health, it is being very intentional around every partnership we make, mm. Hispanic-serving institutions as an example. We bring in not only the recruiting angle, but as well the financial health. Because that's financial health is not something that is discussed at the dinner table. Right, right. And as students obviously go on to careers and develop in their lives, home ownership becomes something down the road that we're very focused on from a wealth creation perspective. Tell me about the home ownership initiatives that we have here and how important they are for the community. The truth is it's it's the biggest driver of building generational wealth. We're being very intentional in terms of looking at what the firm is doing, both from an educational standpoint, but then having my organization amplify that reach. The sooner we learn, the better 
able we are to, to buy our first home. So your group is called Advancing Hispanics and Latinos. Tell us how you came up with that and why it was so important to choose those very specific words for your communities. When we think about Latinos are typically people with origins in Latin America. When we think about Hispanics, we're talking about people that speak Spanish. So the majority of the community self-identifies as either Hispanic or Latino. And by the way, many self-identify as Cuban or Argentine. You know, we, we wanted to come up with a name that felt inclusive for everyone. So you and I have talked about the subject of career sponsorship. And as we go out and we talk to women in general, we've talked about what women in particular might need in the Latina and Hispanic community. How do you think they approach developing a sponsor? Is there something more we need to do to help them get those sponsors? Yeah, and, and I think a lot of what I'm going to say applies to any woman, right? And, and, and anybody that is probably in, in an underrepresented group. But I think there's a lot of cultural nuances that end up playing out here. There is also sometimes English is not their first language, myself included. One, it's part of the culture we grow up hearing that don't make noise, don't brag about yourself. You had this opportunity in this country. Be grateful. I remember having dinner at my family table. And every time we said something like, I'm so great, my mom or my dad would say, Silvana, we don't do that. We don't brag about ourselves. So we have to rewire ourselves. Mm. And how that shows up, I think, in the workplace is a lot of Latinos and Latinas will just put their head down and think that they will be noticed. Mm. But for most of us, it's really hard, one, to ask for what we want. We're too grateful and too apologetic sometimes. Mm. And that is a barrier. So what we can do as a firm to support these communities is providing them the tools so that they can be the most effective. People can sponsor you for a meeting. You can ask for one pointed thing. And make sure that the relationships that you are developing are very organic. Mm. Our connectivity needs to be value-added. Mm -hmm. And it can't be just Latinos. And so for folks who are in senior-level roles right now looking to sponsor more diverse folks, who do tell them specifically, don't overlook the quiet folks, people who might not ask for things, people who don't want to brag. What should they do to make sure they're actually getting equal sponsorship across their teams as i think about senior leaders like asking yourselves like do i know all the diverse talent in my group mm. what am i doing for them are they getting the feedback how am i helping them grow Silvana, we've been working for several years now on a racial equity commitment on behalf of all of J.P. Morgan. It's been a $30 billion commitment to help our communities, particularly our Black, Hispanic, and Latino communities. Tell us how you're plugged into that effort and what you're trying to do as part of that overarching goal. There are real systemic barriers from access to banking to access to home ownership, which are very important in order to build generational wealth. So as we, we partner with uh, our racial equity commitment team, as well as other groups within the firm, the lens we're bringing in is one, where can we amplify 
the impact that we're making in the communities. And you asked me about what cities are we going to. Mm-hmm. We go with the community managers in the local places. We bring in partnerships. We run activations. We also look at what are some of the programs and the broader partnerships that we can have at a national level to support that. So one good example is we have a collaboration with the United States Hispanic Chamber Mm -hmm. and the uh, ODP Corporation in a program that is called Elevate Together. So this is a program that ODP has led for, for a couple of years now, but we became their partners last year. And what we do is we provide financial health content. So we're the exclusive provider of financial health content to Hispanic and Black business owners in their Elevate Together University. Mm -hmm. The funding that we provide actually enables the local chambers to provide coaching to the small businesses there. Mm -hmm. And we also have the opportunity to connect these businesses with our our local business consultants. It's a very holistic approach. And right now we are in 11 markets where we're supporting that. So that is for me a very good example. We're reaching 5,000 businesses and we're making real change, giving them the the tools they need to to grow and, and thrive. And have you heard feedback on the ground from some of these businesses that go through the programs? What do they say? It's the small stories like, I run this bakery shop and I was able to actually get my first loan or this this woman that I'll, I'll never forget, she has a restaurant in El Paso. She introduces herself and she's like, do you know that Chase made possible for me to grow my restaurant? It is really heartwarming. I think that part of the job is when you see what really happens on the ground in our local communities. That is where all the work really starts. And it's been illuminating for us to look at where our firm has had that practice in the past, starting in Detroit, where you know we really came in to work with the mayor and so many nonprofits on the ground. I think that is such a great model. And I know that both of us really continue to do that around the country. So today we mark the first day of Hispanic Heritage Month. So happy Hispanic Heritage Month to you. Thank you. What does this mean to you and the community at large? It means so many different things. Mm -hmm. And for some of the Latinos, it's about gathering with other Latinos and sharing their food. For others, it is, you know, connecting with businesses and what else can we do to help you? I think it's a moment of, you know, collaboration and humanity. Mm -hmm. The important thing we can do, and I'm sure, you know, you have Women History Month and we have other very important celebrations is about bringing that to life every day, right? Because we're women every day. Right, right. right. And what about Latinas in particular? How can they contribute to the future of our community in general, to some of the issues that we've been talking about today? Latinas are the backbone of their families. Mm. It starts with the grandma, Mm -hmm. so the abuelita. And there is not, you know, connecting with one Latina or one person and not bringing 25 people along. So being the backbone of their families, they are impacting their kids, their neighbors, their cousins. So if we empower Latinas, they're empowering the rest of the community and they're bringing the entire community along. What are some of the things we can all do as individuals, as employees to really help support the community? For Latinos, the human connection is very important. That doesn't mean you have to take every Latino to coffee and spend an hour with them, but pausing to ask how they're doing and listening. 
for one or two minutes goes a very long way. Well, Silvana, thank you so much for speaking with us today. It's such a pleasure to work with you just day to day to see you in action. And I just really admire everything that you're doing for your community and how much we can work together. Thank you for having me and thank you for your amazing partnership. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Silvana Montenegro, head of advancing Hispanics and Latinos at JP Morgan Chase. Silvana's advice on the importance of being curious and creating personal connections is something we can all apply to our lives and careers. Please visit jpmorganchase.com forward slash AHL to learn more about the work that Silvana and her team are doing to support the community. The mission of Women on the Move is to help women in their professional and personal lives. Our goal is to introduce you to people with great ideas, inspiring stories, and a passion to make a difference. To learn more about Women on the Move and listen to the full library of this podcast, please visit jpmorganchase.com forward slash W-O-T-M. For JPMorgan Chase's Women on the Move, I'm Sam Saperstein.